welcome back to a freshly squeezed episode of the Flowscape Podcast. With me today is a very special guest, an ACHA hockey alumni from Concordia University and a three-year IEHL Israeli Elite Hockey League veteran, Richard Dick Richie Hayward. He is live with me, and we are currently watching the Israeli U-20 national team playing uh, hockey club Tel Aviv. Richie, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me on. I'm glad you were sitting down having a game, watching the game here. So it's good, and I'm glad to be on here and talk some hockey. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. So why don't uh, why don't you just go ahead and start and and tell the people, you know, where you're from and how you how you got into hockey and um and uh, yeah and uh, we'll we'll go from there. But yeah, uh, where are you from? How'd you get into hockey and and We'll take it from there, and and people are warning you. This is probably going to be very long winded, so get ready, buddy. I love long winded. You, you're the perfect. Uh, that's perfect. Um, so you wanted me to start like all the way back in mites. Okay, so the what basically I'm from a hockey family. Uh, my grandpa actually played same name as me, Richard Hayward. Played on the original Windsor Spitfires team in 1949, 1950. They were kind of they were in the IHL before everything became the Ontario Hockey League. <laughs> thanks, thanks for distracting me. But um, yeah, so he grew up playing like all the way back in the forties and fifties. He was playing in the twenties, and then just grew up, and it just kind of progressed throughout our family. And you know, all the cousins and my sister have played at some varying degree, and my sister just played just graduated from Miami of Ohio, and. She was a six-year vet of the ACHA, so bloodline in the bloodline it runs deep. Uh, I'm from Livonia, Michigan. Hold on, did you say six-year vet of the ACHA? So she is the female Van Wilder of ACHA hockey. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, she got caught up in the COVID mess, so they got her the automatic fifth year, and then she transferred from Adrian College to Miami of Ohio. And if you get an automatic fifth year for doing that for a master's program. What a beauty. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So we're both from Livonia, Michigan. It's a suburb of uh, Detroit, about 30 minutes away. Uh, I started out in the Livonia House program. We had like nine um, house might teams in the city itself. And I was born in 1997. That was the first Red Wings Cup since 1955 when my dad was born. So you can see how that kind of is a cool little statistic. Another fun statistic is August 13th, 1997, my birthday, was. <laughs> Richie gets so distracted by every little thing, okay? I'm going to move the mic at times so that sounds better, okay? You just keep talking when I do things like that, okay? Okay. You just talk normal. Don't scream into the mic, Richie. I'm not trying to. I just get a little animated. <laughs> um, but the other fun fact about myself is that... August 13th, 1997 was my birthday. That was also the very first uh, episode to air of South Park. So South Park and I share a birthday. <laughs> I, I, okay. this, is, this is exactly what I warned everybody about. This is going to be a very long, long-winded answer. Okay. Um, so, Richie, where did you, where, after, after Mites, let's, get, let's skip ahead a little bit. Okay. Um, where, where did you play, like, midgets, and then um, how did you land at, at Concordia? So going into my high school, I'll start at high school. Going into my high school freshman year, I was a goalie of five or six years. And 
at that point, I would, it was the varying levels of success. I was told I was a good travel goalie, but when I got to high school, I struggled to adjust the level. And at that point, I, I have to stop you. I never knew you were a goalie. And now, no way. Now, you, now you, you yourself make so much more sense to me. I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah, from age nine to 14, I was a goalie. Richie, Richie is in timeout, okay? I, I'm just, I, we won't go into detail, okay? But we we have a, a very, very special a group chat, and Richie's in timeout. And it's it's a, it's a we don't know how long it's going to last, okay? So he he's he was a very bad boy, and, and he's in timeout, and we will leave it at that. Um, but, yeah, the you make so much more sense to me now that I know that you were a goalie. Continue with that. <laughs> Thanks for airing out the dirty laundry. <laughs> God. Um. Uh. So, I my sophomore year of high school, I'm playing uh my first year of defense essentially in Slavonia House program, and I played that all the way up to my senior year, and still didn't really know what I wanted to do when I graduated high school. So I just got an 18U travel team in the area, the Novi Ice Cats. Shout out. <laughs> um. I, after that, I was like, well, I want to keep playing hockey. I never really got, you know, that kind of background in hockey. Because, again, travel and house kid didn't really know how to navigate the landscape. So everything I just kind of learned on the fly. So after that midget year, I have, like, no agent. I got no one to talk to, no one to help me, you know, find a team. So I'm cold calling coaches, emailing them, and – Eventually, through different showcases and stuff, I ended up on the Detroit Fighting Irish of the USPHL. That year, we won three games out of 44. It was a tough year. Quite a tough year. After that, I was just, you know, didn't want to play juniors. At that point, I was turning 20. And I just wanted to have that college experience finally because all my friends back home were having it, like my non-hockey friends. So I wanted to go to college at some point but this is at like june or july i'm making this decision right a little bit late ended up at eastern michigan university and had a great time my freshman year all things considered but it was still just not quite what i wanted out of a university you know i was also a private school kid if that explains anything to you catholic school boy k to 12th yeah. he's, a, he's a he's a catholic he's the most catholic person i know walking around the streets of israel <laughs> but I was still kind of looking for that small school thing. And then like in January, I found out about Concordia university Ann Arbor and it was right in the same city that I was already living in. And the rest is history, at least in that regard with college hockey, I ended up graduating from there and I continue to coach there now. So, um, you, you are, I'm only a three year or no, I'm only sorry. Again, everybody back home, you know, I'm terrible with numbers. Um, I'm a two year vet in this league. You are actually a three year vet in this league. You were um, here year one. I was invited year one. I think, I think that that was very put together last minute. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Blake and I were both invited. Blake ended up going. Um, I just couldn't, yeah, there's a there goes a motorcycle. I just couldn't um, figure out how to do that. 
um, with never having gone overseas like that before in that quick of amount of time, especially during COVID. Um, yeah. So that, that, that was tough. Um, but how the first year, because, you know, obviously we met last summer, um, yes. the first year, how did, and now obviously I know how, how, how Blake got involved. How did you get involved with the league um, before you came out there? How did you hear about it? Um, who got in contact with you? Um, and how did you end up in Israel um, kind of during the peak of COVID uh, to play, to play hockey? Yeah, so it's great you mentioned that because it, I was getting to my point with Concordia, and it came basically came down to I'm class of 2021 from Concordia, and that was the middle of the pandemic where the year previous our season ended like a week or a few days before everything really shut down. But I still know plenty of guys where they were at nationals, you know, practicing, and everyone gets the phone call, get off the ice. And going into that, going into the next season, that 2020, 2021 season was tough. Like, I remember, you know, mid-October, you're going, you know, for three days, three, we practiced uh, three days a week and we would, you know, game prep and everything like it's finally coming day of, they've got a positive test on the other team. You know, they're sitting for two weeks, games are canceled. Well, guess who we're playing next weekend? The team that they just played. They also have a positive case. That's your two weekends gone. And it was just, it kept going. Eventually, second semester, we did get rolling and we played 12 games, which I'm still thankful for because I know a lot of programs that played zero. But I still came with the mindset that I wasn't done playing hockey yet, you know. And obviously, COVID messing up our season, it messed up every pro league everywhere as well, including Europe, which was like my high aspirations, you know. You know, you dream big, but obviously who's going to pay attention to ACHA, at least at that point, you know, and it is very different now. But, yeah, you're correct, especially like with the COVID and everything, sure, like 100%. just it just made the whole process, you know, 100%. Mm -hmm. and uh, I was finally came down to like, you know, going on LinkedIn and trying to find agents, trying to find just something to like, you know, who's who can answer me, you know, give me a shot. And I remember one of those Facebook things, I can't remember which one, posted the very first flyer for the Israel Elite Hockey League. And I kind of just shot him an email saying, like, you know, this is my resume, like, I do want to play. And they basically gave me a long-winded answer. I wasn't getting paid. I would have had to, you know, pay to play somewhere most likely, which, you know, not worth my time. But they said they weren't affiliated with Israel at the IHL itself, just email the guy. So... You end up emailing the official account, and now the commissioner, Talavneri, replied to me within three to four hours, and the rest is history. We just got the ball rolling from there. About a month later, we got a group chat of six or seven imports, and I was like, oh, this thing's for real. Nice, nice. Um, and that was also uh, the first year you guys played. Was it a mall? Was it a mall, was it? It was, it was, a, very, it was a smaller rink, though, very, very much smaller. Because uh, I remember watching highlights of it being like, is this this it almost it was four on four too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, but it almost should have been three on three. That rink was so small. Um, so where where was that rink, um, and what was the experience like, kind of playing in a in an environment like that? Um, you know, especially with your first time coming overseas to play hockey. 
Yeah, and especially like with me, that was my first time ever out of the country of the United States too. I've been to Canada before. I'm 45 minutes from the border, but you know that's a little bit different. So we fly out 6,000 miles away. We end up in our Allenby uh, Street place first year, and I actually fell in love with the apartment immediately. I like I couldn't ask for anything more. I still live in the same apartment in Tel Aviv the last three years, and I'll probably continue to do that as long as I play here. But, um, yeah, the first year we weren't playing on uh, regular regulation sized dice. It was it wasn't a mall. It was in a like sporting area for basketball, rock climbing, and it had the football stadium. But it was a public skating rink that from like 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. It's just continuous uh, private skating or public skate. Sorry. And. You know, anyone that knows hockey knows after public skate, the ice isn't quite great. Imagine 14 hours public of Public skating or figure skating, the ice is terrible after that. Correct. And imagine like 12 to 14 hours of it, and then you got to play a hockey game in the desert. It's 90 degrees outside. <laughs> so it was gritty. Uh, we didn't even have locker rooms at that point. We think we had to wait to shower to get home. So our game would end at like 1.30. We still got to go. We still want to go out afterwards. It's a quick rush home shower, and then you're done by like 2 a.m. But it's kind of it's different though here with the schedule because in the states it's like a more nine to five, and as you know, things are more like noon to like 3 a.m. here. Yeah, in Israel, people don't. I mean, I mean, a lot of people. It, there's exceptions to the rule, obviously, everywhere you go. Uh, but for the most part people aren't really out and about and buzzing around till about 10 30 in the morning. Um, you know, um, you'll see people out at nine, you know, ha having runs, you know, having coffee going, but as far as like the streets, um, it, it's a very, very busy city, but it, it's, it's not really buzzing until later in the day. Um, but that being said, that also means that people don't go to bed as early here either. Um, it's very, very typical of the culture out here for a Tuesday night to just see people who are going to work the next day, having bottle service at a bar or a club um, because they won't be going to work until noon. Um, so they don't really care about how early they're going to bed. As long as they get a decent amount of sleep, it's a, it's a very different uh, pace. Um, and, and you kind of have to get used to now you, there are nights where you still crash around nine 30, 10 o'clock just because everything catches up with you at times. Janello had one of those nights last night. He told me he was going, he looked at me on the couch and said, I'm probably going to bed at around nine 30 and I'm probably not going to wake up. And I said, and I, and I said, that's probably what you need because everyone has to have one of those nights. And, um, he went in as soon as he said that he went in, he was out like a light. I watched a whole action movie, guns a blazing thunder gunned it up under a curb. He didn't hear anything. Tao came over super late, not super late around midnight. Tao came over. He didn't, he didn't wake up at all. So he was out like a light um, and he didn't wake up till this morning, but that's, that's, you know, that's not typical for, you know, especially since our games out here, sometimes, you know, the second game starts at 1030. So you're off the ice a little bit before midnight, by the time everybody shower, all the imports shower, um, put their gear away, um, make sure everything's good to go, get back on the bus and get home, which is about a 45 minute commute without traffic. Um, it's 2 a.m. Um, so it's just something that your body has to get used to. And it takes a little bit amount of time. I'm not going to lie that last game after, 
after warm-ups, I felt like I was skating in mud. My and, entire lower body mass. And my legs. And I immediately in my head went, too much shawarma, too much shawarma, because I have just been eating out here. Um, but I also have been working out. Um, you got you have to stay on it out here, especially that's also part of the culture. Yes. Um, Ricky, yes. Richie's big into uh, his workouts. Um, what did you did you work out today? Would tell the people what you did today. Today was a two mile run. Uh, hopefully, sometime tomorrow I can get uh, you know back and biceps in with pull day. But sorry, turn the mic off for a second. Um, but to your point about like the culture, like even last night on a Sunday night, all the Allenby boys about a now there's about fourteen of us. We just had a little kickback on, you know, our little balcony and it was just, it was until like 1230 or 1 AM, you know, it's just, everything runs a little later here, but it is something you adjust to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And for those of you, obviously that you don't know, um, Richie and I both play on the same team, the Holon Vipers. Um, Richie is actually a, a two-time medalist in this league. He unfortunately lost in the championship year one, um, to that scumbag who sleeps next to me at night. I'm a, do you want me to beat him with a bag full of like soap, like a like a pillowcase full of bars of soap tonight for that? Your call. You tell me. Him and I have a year one uh, agreement that we won't go each other on the ice no matter what. So that's no to the pillowcase no. full of bars of soap. Hey, but I won't do. I won't do that anything. Curly headed fuck, Janello. <laughs> I won't do anything myself. But you know, I turn a blind eye. I get. I get business as business. That's a good Catholic boy turn, <laughs> turn turns a blind eye to violence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I um, agree. And then last summer we um, unfortunately lost uh, in the semifinal game. Um, but we did win the bronze medal game. Um, so Richie is a two-time medalist. Um, I'm a one-time medalist, and it's not the best color, but it is a color. Um, yeah. But we are hoping to do a little bit more damage this year and, and, and make it to the championship um, and make Richie a three-time medalist, right? Yeah, that'd be it. Yeah, um, and me a two-time medalist. Um, so that, that'd be good. Um, all Richie has to do is stop fucking pinching so much he's gonna drive me up a wall tell him tell him you pinch all the time okay well okay so a little bit of background on my coaching philosophy because i'm a coach I, do, we, I don't want that you what? just admit that you pinch admit that you pinch yeah i read plays that's mm, that's pushing it watch the film i'm telling the forwards to stay up stop saying our strategy on live on the podcast it's just simple hockey iq <laughs> Listen, yeah, you're right. Okay, <laughs> well, it's simple hockey IQ that you need to stay back. So that's that's yeah. that. Okay, all right, that's that. And to your point with that, so I'm gonna go on a little tangent about the pace of play from game one already. Like, again, being year one and just seeing how the game has progressed. Last, like our last game, really made me excited for the direction of the league this summer because, as you saw, we're talking about systems now. Guys are showing up and seeing what it takes to win. And that's, you know, kind of infectious for the entire group. You know, that's what it's all about. And even me, like I, he mentioned my workouts, you know, I went to, you know, had to go hit the gym. Got to keep the cardio up all season because guys are playing all season. I'm coaching. I'm still on the ice, but, you know, it's different. You're not getting that cardio. You're not feeling the contact and you're not keeping that game sharpness. 
and that was a wake up call game one. I, I think, you know, not anybody specifically on our team, but just in general across the league, think that it, it's a, a lot different than it is when they get out here. It is very good hockey. And if you're not in shape and you're not ready to play, you know, actual games, luckily for us, our guys look good last night um, and they have good hockey resumes. And so that 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 hockey IQ kicked in. Um, and Maverick got the ball rolling, rolling for us after I fumble fucked the shit out of that puck um, and still put it on net, though. So that's what I tell you in the locker room. Good players recover after they make a bad play. Yes. That's it's You can make a bad play, but w- what do you do after that bad play? And, and I got an apple. So, th- you know, there's that. Um, but, yeah, you know, compared to the year you came in where, where you said there were seven imports, now the import chat is, is 65, you know, 70 people deep it's insane yeah um you know it it is to help this game this league was started to help grow the game here in israel because in you know in the mid-2000s if you listen to last episode you heard isaac levy talk about how is the israel national team had a very very good team and at one point was qualifying for the highest levels at the world championships um and we're playing teams like germany and belgium and and teams like that um so it took a dip um because there there was nothing out here um once the money left um so now that it's it's back um it has grown to the point where you know the first couple years there were a lot of local players on on every team um and and you know the skill level was very hit or miss whereas now a lot of those local guys are not you know they play in that that full year league year round. Um, but most of the teams here are imports because, you know, the game has already here grown that much to where the people here want to see a high level of hockey being played. Um, and, you know, that's very big for this year as, you know, a lot of the games, about half the games this year are nationally televised out here on the equivalent of their ESPN, which is Israeli sport five. So, it's grown in three years to the point where people here are so interested in it. They want to watch a high level of it. Um, and unfortunately a lot of the, you know, the, some players have gotten weeded out because of that. Um, yes. But that is the nature of the business. When you're trying to grow a league in, into that and, and you're trying to, you know, push having the possibilities of multiple rinks and actually having the teams that we play for maybe even represent the the uh the cities that are like on you know having a team in Haifa or at least near Haifa, uh, having a team in in Batyam, having a team in Halon, you know, having a team in you know the Netanya team. You want I speak? No, I'm, but I, but what I'm saying is it, there is the possibility now of a lot more rinks being built out yeah. here in more central locations to all these cities that we represent where we wouldn't have to bus 45 minutes every game. You know, we'd have to bus 45 minutes to go play Natanya one time. And then the other time they're busing down here or they're, or they're, they're finding their way down here. And then we're going to Bat Yom and then we're going here. Um, and a lot of the team, and then, you know, we're traveling five, 10 minutes. Um, like a lot of us do, you know, back home for, for different semi-pro leagues that we play in and things like that. So the game has already grown so much out here. Um, and, you know, you're a, a year one vet. Um, so if you could, you know, say anything about the league and, and, and you know, about tall, um, you know, what, what would you say? 
well, I keep coming back, eh? (laughs) That's what I think about that simply. But uh, to make it a longer story, like I said, like when I first even got involved with this league, Tall was replied to me within three hours. And I was like, what do you what do you need to get over here? And then, you know, just very friendly, very helpful, especially year one during that COVID year. Cam and Jake have better um, stories than I do about their time trying to get here but long story short israel was closed to tourism and they weren't even make they weren't even having the um onward internship programs or birthright it's just nothing so it took a lot of strings and you know a lot of fate like just hustling just to get us into the country for that first season in the first place and again it was only like 10 or 11 imports but tall was hanging out with us every single day you know, making sure we were taken care of and everything. And that still translated to 70 guys later where he, he looks out for his people. He makes sure things get done as best they can. Obviously, the infrastructure for hockey in Israel isn't quite what it is in the States or in Europe and those hockey dominant countries. But that's the point of us also being here. You develop it from the grassroots and try and at least get the good habits and what it takes to actually win and be at that professional setting and get them, you know, to start building the foundation, I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 it does feel good to, to, you know, play against professional hockey players and play with professional hockey players and be treated like a professional. And that's exactly how Tal, um, it does his best to treat us. Um, we, you know, with, with, especially with the upgrades and buses this year, uh, upgrades in, in uniforms, um, upgrades in, you know, um, being on Israeli sport five and upgrades in, you know, um, better scheduling and upgrades in, you know, just the way the league is structured as far as divisions and, and things like that. Um, you know, it's, it's a very, you know, professional setting. Um, so obviously we both can't, can't thank the league and, and Talavneri enough for that. Um, but Richie, um, is currently after two periods, it is the Israeli, uh, under 20 team three and hockey club, Tel Aviv two. Janello, you had a breakaway. I think you should have went back in forehand. You, you were fancy gunner stall. You tried to go glove side. It didn't work out, but Richie, who, who do you think, uh, at the end of the third period actually ends up with this win here? Now I I'm gonna say I want to actually say Tel Aviv uh, comes up with the goal. Levin, um, Levin does have all three um, goals for Israel, so maybe Tel Aviv has a, a strategy for just shut that down and, and see if they can come out and do something with that. Uh, I believe Bayam was down to the U20 team at some point as well, they and they came back and won. Um, but who do you have coming out with the win here tonight? So I was actually watching again a little bit. Uh, when we were before we started, uh, the t- both teams look good, just like how I thought our game had a great pace to it. This game has its back and forth, and it's structured hockey. You know, they're both running strategies, going back and forth. I like Tel Aviv on paper, but again, the the U twenty team is something special. That group has a lot of chemistry together. They've obviously been playing together a lot longer or at least been practicing a lot longer leading up to the season because they're all from here. I think I like U20s all the way through. And even in my hot take, I still think they have a chance at playoffs. 
they 100 percent have a chance of playoffs um so that's that's not you know not too hot of a take um definitely not as hot as those potatoes jake was sadly making earlier before it's called him to go to dinner um but that is the flowscape podcast that was richard dick richie hayward also like subscribe everywhere you see spotify apple Podcasts, instagram and youtube we will catch you next time peace out everybody richie give them your give them your classic what's my classic starts with an l lila tov Lila. There it is.